This is going to be another episode of the Best Damn League Show here on Last Three Nation with me and Dom. Just another two-man episode, because that's all it takes nowadays. Now, here's the thing, Dom. I'm going to conduct a very small poll with you, which goes, do you like to smoke cannabis or cannabis-related products? Yes. Don't you hate it, though, when you smoke cannabis or cannabis-related products and all mm -hmm. that smoke just like, ah, it gets mm -hmm. in your lungs. That's ah, horrible, isn't it? Oh, yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, that's the worst. I wish there was a way to just, like, cool down the smoke so it wasn't as hot. Well, the freezepipe.com has got the solution for you, Dom, because all you do is you just take the chamber and put it in the freezer for a mere hour. Wait, is that chamber food safe? You betcha. Not only okay. is it food safe, but when you take it out of that freezer section after a mere hour, it will cool your smoke by over 200 degrees. Doesn't that sound like a better way to consume cannabis and cannabis related products, Dom? Yeah. You know what? I, I think it does. I think it does. But wait, there's more. You can get 10% off your freeze pipe with the code LFN for 10% off at thefreezepipe.com. Thank you for the freeze pipe for sponsoring this show and Dom for playing the part of the straight man in this particular segment. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no problem. The freeze yeah, pipe. That's what I'm here for. That's why I'm paid the big bucks right there. Exactly. And also, spoiler, I know anyone who just watched that five-game series definitely must smoke cannabis-related products to just get through life at this point in time. Like, <laughs> man alive, mate. I can't believe we live in a world. This is what's sad. that You've actually sort of ruined the LEC for me because what I do is this, Tom. I learned a long time ago, life is about where you set your expectations. So I'll give you a quick example. I nope. never play games early in the work day because it does set your expectations sort of like you're just chilling, you're not taking things too seriously. I do my pl play a game at the end of the day when I finished all my work, I can just let go, right? When I watch these LPL games right before LEC, I'm watching like that just going like, wait a minute, it's not even top four in their league, but I was already watching a battle between like, Tarzan and Scout against like Zhao and the Shy. And that's just for like fifth to sixth place. So you get the top. Oh. And they're also in the finals. And then I have to tune in like, and I was watching that game the other day. You can imagine the XL versus G2 one. I'm like, this is for all the mob. What? This is so off, guys. I can't take it. No, I was just this thinking about it, right? Like, like in, in LEC, like, <laughs> Top four, the, the the person that is guarding top four is like Adam. Like Evie oh, no. is like, can I beat oh, no. Adam to get into top four? Like Adam's the fucking bouncer. And then you go over to, to LPL and I'm like the hugest OMG fan. I'm like, all right, so for OMG just to make top six, they need to beat two world championships yep. and maybe the greatest AD carry of all time. Like that that is literally who they're playing to get into top six. I just... Man, this this region is so fucking stacked, but it, it makes for a you know entertaining thing to watch. You know, you gotta release the expectations and just yes. you know just just have some hope. Like, oh man, like there's some cope that I've been working on myself because you know my chat they've been they've been depressed watching LEC lately. So come on, the cope goes like this: number one, LPL and LCK, all these top teams that will probably be going to Worlds, they're all gonna be trying to figure out Asian games. So they have this tournament that they have to do. Okay. They're actually doing like full combines. Like they brought in like 30 LPL players to okay. just decide who they're gonna play with. You know, they're gonna be mixing and matching the rosters. So you're gonna have Kanavi and Ruler going over and they're gonna be playing with the LC with the Korean team. And then the Chinese team is going to have members of EDG, members of BLG. So these teams are gonna be focusing on something else. They're not gonna be practicing together for a period of time. That's cope number one. Cope number two is that because of the, the amount of time, there, there's actually going to be a full month, over a full month between the end of LEC and if that's only if you get like to the finals week, you know, you might you might be 
done before that. But yeah, there's going to be a month of time, over a month of time for you to actually practice in Korea. You get a full boot camp. You don't get this shitty boot camp like you did last year where you came over, you played some Champions queue, the series or the season ended 10 days before uh, World's qualification began. No, you don't get any of that. You get a full month Korean boot camp. You get to get your mechanics cleaned up. You get to practice against other teams that are not participating in Asian games. And that's how EU makes it out of groups maybe in this world championship maybe at the end of maybe. all yeah maybe maybe like it could just be <laughs> top eight all asian happens, it's just maybe at the end just yeah maybe. Okay, <laughs> exactly good. even though to bring it all back to the yeah. beginning spoiler if that's what it takes to get to like top four of the lpl i think we might be shower luck this year boys might, might yeah. just be shower luck yeah i don't know if you've been watching but it's pretty hard it's pretty hard it it's fucking tough it's fucking i mean i'll tough. tell you one thing that's mad underrated if people haven't watched the lpl in a while right Obviously, to you, BLG was a shock world. Like you don't, you guys don't realize how nuts the mid laners are going to be for this world. Remember, there's a world where rookies still going. That, that can still happen. Maybe yeah. scout can make it. Maybe should, the talent is going to be bonkers. These players are so clean. If you haven't watched rookie, you've got to go watch some of these LeBlanc games. He's yeah. back, boys. He's so back. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, it's just like one of the nicest LeBlancs you'll see. You see Static Shiv LeBlanc, and normally when you're watching Static Shiv LeBlanc, it's like big, like W forward, get one auto in a Q, it does like 30 damage, and you're like, what? Like, is this build even good? Then you watch Rookie in a fight, and he autos like 170 times in the fight. It's like, what the fuck? His spells do damage, his autos do damage. This champion is fucking broken. You can't hit him with anything. This champion is just insane. So, yeah, my rookie is just different. That guy is too good. Let's just do it, Dom. We'll start out with the fucking upper bracket match. Like I told you last time, I do find it a bit jarring personally that like you finish up the lower bracket group stage games and then you go straight into the first playoff match, which essentially is one of the finals. It's like an upper bracket final. To me, I yep. get it. I get it that those two teams weren't playing. You don't want to have a whole like two weeks off or whatever. The problem is I just find it a bit jarring as a viewer. It's like I have like a day between being in the groups and then suddenly I'm in playoffs already. With that said, though, I mean, who the hell had this on the fucking docket? I don't think I know anyone who had this going five games. And in fact, Except if you watch, are you for real? He actually said that. Yes, he's like, it's going to go to five games and G2 will win. Before it, he was like confident. He's like, Excel is actually okay. a good thing. Like, I don't okay. even know, man. But he was correct about everything. He was just okay. right about everything. Like, okay. I guess Gilius is just a genius. It is oh, what God. it is. But I will <laughs> say, like, I never had this going five games, but. Dude, when you actually see the five games, there's a world where XL won this fucking thing. It's not even impossible. Like, they were actually in these games. This was doable. It was a pretty nervy fifth game, even. And there was obviously that one game where, mate, I'll guarantee every G2 fan, when Claps fucking disappeared and Craps turned up, shit themselves again. Like, he's back! Oh, my God! It's like Freddy Krueger can't be killed! Evil Craps is back to ruin the game. Like, mate, this actually... I have to give props to XL. They could have won this. Yeah, they, they definitely could have won it. I think from G2's side, so there was a couple of things. When I watched the games, I was pretty angry at first, where I was like, man, like, what the fuck is G2 doing? Like, why do, like, are they egoing? Why are they fighting all the all these fights? And then later, when I thought about it more, it became more of, like, disappointment because this whole split, if you think about what, like, the narrative of G2 was the split, they knew how to play all the early game comps. That was what they did in, in spring and winter. That's what they were good at. And then this whole split was about elevating other parts of their gameplay. So they're playing a bunch of Kog'Maw Braum. That was something that they're introducing. Uh, and they played in multiple games. And they knew how to play these slow and controlled games where they just, like, choke you out. They, they play the game together around Vision. They take Natch at a good time with really good setups. And then when they played Kog'Maw Braum in this series, they just went back to, like, perma-fighting things that didn't make sense. You're playing Kog'Maw Braum Rel 
Cog has like Berserker Greaves and you're just all inning 4v4 in the enemy jungle. It's like, why are you playing this champion? This champion is a scaling champion. You guys were the first team to figure out the Kog'Maw uh, being played with Braum specifically because Braum has uh, a change that happened midway through last split actually, where the E gained so much cool, like you have insane cooldown reduction, but it also gained a bunch of damage reduction on top. So they're able to figure out this combo where it's like, now you just can't break the Kog'Maw lane anymore. Braum is just too OP. And they knew how to play slow and controlled. I went back and I looked at some of the games that they were playing with Kogma Braum. And these games, like by the time that they had the game winning situation, it was like a six kill game, six kill game, 10 kill game. It was low kill. This is like 25, 30 minutes of the game. There's six, 10 kills. And then you look at this game, they're just running into each other and fighting. And that's where I was disappointed because I'm like, this is what you guys worked on. Like this was yes. what the whole split was about. It's not about winning a split. Like you don't care about winning this split. Like you've already won a split. You're you're in the the season finals anyway. That's not what the split's about. This split's about having dimensions to your gameplay so that when you eventually go to Worlds, because everyone knows G two's going to Worlds in EU, you're able to then compete with multiple different styles against the top teams. You have things to fall back on. You don't just have to you know early game invade them and mechanics check these these Asian players. You have you know some strategies that that you could cheat wins on so i was just pretty disappointed with the way they played um after all i felt like they didn't do anything that they practiced oh mate the maddest thing is on the game five where again like this time they had the milio with the cogmore mate even on this game it's like yep. bro you know you know like this is like ls's wet dream to be in a scenario like that where it's like you actually just auto win the game if you do nothing for the next five to ten minutes yep but they they had to like give like it's look let's be real it's not like excel's the most dangerous team in the world but they were given a, like these few lifelines and these fights over and over again it's like fucking hell they must like to live dangerously that game five did make it look a bit to me mate like everyone just got a bit of pressure and just played like look there's two ways you respond to pressure like this is why i i, I agree with someone you're I use going, this quote you shouldn't say I that tilt and choking are the same thing but basically you either like do nothing so it's, that's usually choking or you just fucking go all in your lord or that usually what you do when it's pressure g2 is definitely the yolo team it looks like yeah, it seems like they're the yolo team um but I just didn't think that this would be that much pressure to be honest like a winner bracket me. final you have double elimination it's XL of all teams. Like, did you see the fucking odds on this game? It was six oh, it was like odds for XL. Yeah. Oh, at the end, six. you mean, right. Okay. No, it was like like going into the series for XL to win the series right. outright was six odds. It's wow. absurd. Like, that, that, is, is that, is that is ridiculous. Normally, it's like three odds in a, yes. in a game where there's a heavy favorite. Yep. Six odds is like absurd. No one thought XL could win. So I don't know why, why, why G2 felt so pressured, why they weren't able to just play their own game. It should They should have just been able to like have someone in the game who could just calm them down. Like, yeah, by the way, guys, we just auto win if it gets to a certain point. That game number five, I thought XL was actually going to win that game. I was rooting for XL by that point. I started out the series. I'm like, I hope G2 3-0s. By game number five, I said, fuck G2. I hope they lose. I hope that they actually get taught a lesson that they can't show up and play in this level and win. Like, it's it feels bad to me as a viewer that G2 is just going to win LEC anyway with that level of performance. Like, if they play bad, they should lose. There should be somebody that can um, to test them. And maybe Fnatic ends up making it there and they end up being a better team. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe they could still lose. But in that game number five, all they had to do was chill and let Kogma do his thing. Kogma has like 1,100 Rangers, some bullshit. Enemy team has no engage. Enemy team is like Poppy. The, the draft was fucked for XL. And XL overall, I think, played a better game than G2, even That's though right. G2 won. They just had a harder draft. Yeah.
No, and by the way, one thing also is night and day with XL. Like, I have to say, this series actually hyped me a bit, dude. Like, mate, they actually could fucking, like, move around the map. They actually knew what they were doing. This was like, quite impressive, actually. Like, I don't know how they've leveled up this much, but this team looks like it's gotten better every week or something. Yeah, I mean, I think that they they benefited from like the nothing to lose mentality, and it felt like when you when watching the games, they they went in with the mentality that they were just gonna fight them. Like, don't let G two just walk in and you know like just bully you. Like, don't let them bully you, son. Get out there and like hold your ground. If they fucking walk into your jungle and they're not, they don't have the conditions to fight, fight them back. Because I feel like a lot of teams kind of fall mercy to letting G two just steamroll them. And G two, they want to play that game where they get super far ahead. I just thought that the way that 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 the fights looked was really weird and then also i mean yike had a had a stinker for the most part i think he had a pretty bad series he's playing into peach peach is what like the whole joke was that he's so bad like in peach, the peach ass joke we, we did that so many times the fact that yike I, he's in peach is the new malron he can't keep get away with this top yeah he, can't, he can't no he can't he must be exposed eventually please I, I can't I can't accept that Peach is like one of the best jungles <laughs> like, here. This is what it's like, happen. You know that trope in American high school comedies where you're like supposed to be antagonist, you're supposed to identify with the protagonist who's sort of the nerdy Peter Parker type guy. And from your <laughs> perspective in the movie, it's always so obvious that the popular guy is the biggest douchebag ever in school. Like he just looks cool to all the girls and the teachers with the letterman jacket on. But then whenever he's privately alone, you know he's just the biggest douchebag ever and he really is a bad guy. But no one else can see it. They're they're all just like, nah, what are you talking about? Billy? Billy's the coolest, man. And you're just like, what? You can't see it. That's how I feel about Malrag and Peach not for like it's collectively the last three years. It's like, please, someone you please can you tell me, tell me you see that they're evil. Tell me you see how bad they are this game. Like, and then yeah. everyone's just doing that thing of like the worst one was the Malrag one. Like, maybe though he's sort of like a mega genius and he just understands the way components work in a way that we like. Really? Yeah. Like everyone in the world hasn't figured it out except Beryl and fucking Balrog. They, they're just the only ones who figured out that the actual strength of ingredients is never to combine them into an item. <laughs> <laughs> it's so mad. Because, boy, he got away with it again. He almost won a best of five against G2. This motherfucker is going to be in this team next year. I can't take it. This it guy, is, this guy might go to Worlds. I know it probably is. Bruh. This guy might go to fucking worlds. I mean, I guess it depends on if they get top two. Maybe, maybe we have to just root for Fnatic. I don't know. I, I, I'm actually at such a loss. Like when I look at the teams that are left in this, the last four teams, the best four teams in Europe right now are G2, XL, Heretics, and Fnatic. So the eighth, ninth, and tenth in championship points before summer, and G2. Those are the best teams in the region. I just can't accept. Like if Peach is one of the best junglers in the league, then like everything I know about jungle is just wrong. Like, it just is what it is. How, how can he be better than El Yoya? Like, how could he be better than Yankos? Like, these players are so much better at the fucking game, but Pete just gets away with it somehow. And, like, I don't know if people, if he has that, like, aura about him where maybe it's, like, the Evy thing, too, where these players are shit and people go into the game thinking they're shit, but then if they play, like, at a 3 out of 10, it's, like, surprising in a way. It's like, what the fuck? Like, wait, this guy is actually, like, maybe I can't just do whatever I want. Maybe I have to play the game smart. It's just so weird to me because... You'll see these games, and even in games where he's like out jungling, yeah, I kill it two, three times in the game, but it's just his team will like turn his ints into something positive. It's almost like this is what XL needed because four of them before were doing nothing. They just needed a dedicated inter. They need somebody to just run in, suicide, and then there's yeah. like a fight started, right? And that's what Patrick wants. He's used to playing with that. You know, he played he played with XL for, for years, you know? Like, no, no flame to anyone, but, you know, the, some, there were some inters on those teams before, so maybe that puts them in their comfort zone. It's like, all right, Peach is dead. 
Like, this guy used this spell, maybe we could fight. It is mad that they're actually making it work, because I can't lie, they do just make it work somehow. Also, as a team in general, this is where you see how, like, when you have bad form, it ruins, like, the rep of your name. Because now that you watch the games now, like, the three laners all look better now. Like, Andrew Hammond looks pretty good in general. I mean, Broken Mills been having a pretty good last month or so, I think. Abbott Dargage looks fine, actually. He looked all right in the series. Not, I don't have any hate on him. He had some good games. And Patrick, actually, probably is a sleeper now. I know after all these years of being overrated, probably is underrated now, to be fair. If I, like, look at the whole split so far, he's been pretty good. Yeah, fair play. Yeah, I mean, they're making it work. I guess this is kind of the XL that people expected in winter. But even, like, the XL that people expe expected in winter was, I mean, for most people, it was like a fourth, fifth place team. Like, no one thought that this, I mean, besides for you, you actually thought this team could be one of the best at EU. So maybe you were just, like, two splits early on, the, uh, on like, the prediction. But I, like, question, not many though. people thought they would be, like, this good. And they actually are making it work. I guess. I guess it's fine. Right, to me, the one upside of the way G2 won the series is that I do still think they're the only team that's going to go this hard on fucking Cogmore in Europe, mate. Like, not, we're not really going to see more series like this where this just controls it, right? Because I feel like the, the other teams have almost shown they can't play around their player the way that G2 plays around Hans Sama, mate. Like, the joke is this really is the Hans Sama team look we thought they were getting. Like, this is the play you can actually just play the game around and you can just fucking just carry like an old school team fight almost. Yeah, ha Hans was was... Good in the series. Um, I mean, the cog still, I guess, worked in some games. I thought he was getting inted in some of those earlier games, though. I mean, like, he, he's playing cog, and the way his team is playing is, like, the nightmare for a cog mod. They're just playing a game where there's 30 kills in 20 minutes or some shit, and you're playing a late-game scaling champion. Like, it's got to be a nightmare to play some of these games out for Hansama. So I felt kind of bad for him, for, uh, for him throughout the series just because the, the game seems so unstable and... Like I said earlier, the main focus of this split in G2, I thought, was stability. That was the premise. Yeah. That's what it looked like. I mean, you can't, you can't know for sure, but from the outside looking in, it's like, you think G2 actually think that, you know, they're like, oh, you know, Mickey X, like, you're playing Nautilus all the time when Nautilus was actually just like a, a fucking dog shit champion and all these broken champions. But now that Nautilus is good, I don't know. You just can't play Nautilus anymore. Like, we don't like playing that aggressive. They were trying to force aggression at times. It feels like they had focus practice and then they just went away from what they focused. And that's why I think Dylan Falco was so like upset after the series. I mean, they interviewed him after and he he didn't like what he saw. I mean, he, he seemed like he was pretty disappointed in the level of gameplay because as a coach, you want that structure to show through in moments like this. And it felt like that structure, there was no structure in these games. What did you think of the fact that they flex Rel between support and jungle in their team? The one of the few teams in Europe that can actually do it, it looks like. I think it's good. I, I think it, I think it's solid. I, I like the Rel jungle. Um, obviously, junglers don't play Rel as well as support players because it just hasn't been meta, and it's just one of those champions that you'd think would never be uh, oh, exactly a, a jungler. Really, it's like when Talia when when Talia became a jungler, and everyone's like, "What the fuck? Why would I ever have learned Talia? Like, uh, you have to learn the combos and everything." Um, I think it's good for them, but obviously, the Rel was not played well in game number two. It was just it was just played poorly. Um, one of the advantages of Rel is that with your Q and your E, you actually do so much damage that it's almost impossible to outsmite Rel. And we got outsmited. <laughs> like Yike got outsmited 
so many times. Like we, we can't be getting outspotted that many times when we're playing Rel Jungle. Like to, that's the reason why he's going for all those invades. He's going for the invade on red because he's like, this guy cannot outsmite me. Maokai does have good smite potential because of like Q smite, but Rels just does more damage and it just was never done properly. So I think that that his rel like needs some work. I think flexing the rel is good, but yeah, I mean you could see. The mentality. Once they started losing games, they dropped that shit quickly. They're like, okay, maybe it's just not happening in the series. Play some Trundle, you know, play some Trundle, some Maokai, and just we'll play, try to play like that. Maybe some Zidwani. Go back to the champions that we know. The best damn league show period is brought to you in association with eSports Bet, the industry's leading crypto odds matrix. Now, they not only have their classic first-time deposit bonus, 50% up to 100 USDT, but if you sign up using our referral link in the description box below, then you can also participate as a first-time bonus in their match of the week bet, where if you've never placed a bet before, you can bet on our match of the week. We've chosen this week the Team Liquid against NRG series in the LCS playoffs. Obviously, NRG is the big underdog, but they've been doing fantastically against the top teams. Team Liquids is that is the team who've done the hot mid-swap, and it's looking pretty good. Now, what it happens with the match of the week bet is, if you bet with our link on the match of the week, and you win, then you get 10% additional winnings up to 100 USDT capped. So this can also be a good time to potentially use the other first-time deposit bonus, right? You could do the risk-free first-time bet because that way you could put it on NRG as the underdog. If you lose, get the original stake back up to 100 USDT. Um, message the mod mail on Discord, Discord.gg slash esportsbet for more information. And obviously, if you win, you get the 10% extra on the bet, don't you? Check out esportsbet.io. This is where I'm just sad about the fact that, like, Heretics has obvious fucking anchors weighing the team down, mate. Because if you actually look at the state of jungle in Europe right now, if Yankos had a slightly better team, he could just fucking win this whole thing, mate. Like, look at the rest of them. Like, El Yoyer had a nightmare. He's out. He's just to wait for that championship thing. Yike had a dodgy-ass playoff series. I'm with you on that one. Malrang's just a fucking fraud. Like, mate, you look across the board, like, Razor's <laughs> sort of good. You know what I mean? Like, well, there's the fucking jungle talent. Like, it's uh, just there for you, Yankos. Just there, mate. What I say about Razork is the way Razork plays right now is he makes, like, six good plays, and then he makes one catastrophic play that, like, brings the game back to even. He'll make, like, six really, really, really good plays yeah. that are that are profitable, and then he'll make one catastrophic play that's so bad, gets so many people killed, that everything that he did before is completely neutralized. So that, that's Misky, who Razork Misky, is. Misky last year. Niski used to do that as well back in the day. Yeah, no, I can see that. He used to have some, um, some, he always would do the insane in right after the amazing outplay, you know? Yeah, definitely. And it was like more on certain champions for, for Niski. That, that's kind of how I view Razor. I feel like he's good, but I just wish that they could just put a leash on him after he was like 4-0. Like there was yes. like a limit. It's like, okay, you make four good plays and then you just do nothing the rest of the game. Just play the game, like show up to Drake, like buy some fucking pink wards or something. You know, start Baron when your team has probably just like, they, they cut him off because there's always one. I mean, there was one that stuck out to me. That was this was a coach's nightmare in the game where they were playing Tristana. They're playing Tristana Viego and they they're playing Tristana into Casio in this game for Razor. And or like in, in this game for Fnatic, Razor was playing jungle. The Tristana roams top. They dive top and kill the top laner. Enemy jungle and support are not showing on the map. They're nowhere to be seen, right? And normally in competitive, general, jungle and support are not showing. You haven't seen them in a while. You make one play, 
you try to defend plays after that. And then you see this play that they try to make with Trimby and Razork, where they try to kill this Cassio 2v1. They, they just bring the Viego and, and the Nautilus, and they try to kill this Cassio 2v1, which, number one, Cassio uh, just is so fucking tanky, especially versus things like Viego Nautilus. There's just not enough damage for the kill. And, of course, his team comes back him up. They both die, and then the whole game just becomes, like, shattered instantly, even though the pace of the game is so fine. So, like, these types of plays, they stick out to me, and it's very hard to accept them and and i feel like this is the reason why razor is always at the top of solo queue is these bad plays matter a lot less in solo queue you kind of just like you make a bunch of plays that are good you make one bad play okay whatever it's fine you go back you start making good plays again and you snowball through the game that's how he's always rank one but i think that this is uh something that could hurt fanatic in the long run they need like just they need to pull it down like two notches once they get the lead in their game and i think they'll be fine on the yankos angle I think Yankos does, based on the champions that Yankos is playing, I don't know if he trusts his team right now. And I don't think he should be trusting his team. Like, if you look at what he's playing, I don't think this is a Viego meta for Yankos. If Yankos thought he was on a good team, would he not just be playing Sejuani? I know that oh, the whole Yanko-Sejuani thing is a meme, right? No, like, he's amazing on it, yeah. The whole joke was that he was actually the best Sejuani in Europe by yes. far. And he's like, please, no more Sejuani. I had to play yeah. it so much. And then if it was ever meta, it's like, yeah, I just lock that shit and take a free win. You know, it was, it was a complete meme. Sejuani is meta. Rel seems like it would be perfect for a jungler like Yangos. Ivern, the daisy control he is not the best. He can even fucking Skarner if he wants. It's got everything. That's what I'm saying. There's so many yes. tank jugglers available. So you it's have Sejuani, you have Maokai, you have Skarner, you have Rel, you have like, I mean, there's just so much that you could play. It would just be perfect for him. But in this team, I think they, they need carry Yankos every now and then because, uh, I mean, the laning is not the best. Evie had a good weekend. I know it hurts to say, but he, he had a good weekend. You know, he played some Renekton. He played some Ward. It was what it was. I still don't believe in him. I still think that he'll get clapped by a Skarnin, but... By the way, that's one thing that is so whack, right? People act like in order to be critical of someone, they have to actually fail every second of their life. Like, yeah. they're allowed to like trip over and get a, like, a solo kill or something. Like. <laughs> and because you know, when they do that thing where they're like, what about now? It's like, well, that doesn't really matter, does it? If every like, also, you're picking players where they really are bad every single week. Like, we're not even yeah. on a marginal case here. Like, the joke is, like, yeah, he actually was all right. There you go, props. You, 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 there's a five out of ten. Enjoy. Yeah, there, there was a game where, you know, he was down 2K, but he was still relevant in the game. I'm like, yeah, it's a win. Like, if Evie's down 2K, that's a win. The stat I brought up on Power Spike, and I, I, I tweeted it out that they showed on broadcast, was probably one of the most criminal stats I've ever seen. Oh, the one showed in the percentages of wait, 10th, 10th, 10th. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so he's 10th in gold differential at 14, 10th in CSD at 14, and 10th in forward percentage at 14. So that means that he's always under his turret, not CSing, and down in gold. But the most criminal stat in that entire thing is jungle proximity. Jungle proximity, 8.7%. He's third in the league in jungle proximity. So that means that Yankos is like permanently in his lane. He's helping him out all the time, and Evie is still just losing. Like, so he's so Yankos helps a losing lane, and Evie just continues to lose. Like, that is. Such a criminal stat, man. Like, that was He's insane. guaranteed to come top four this split. So. I hate it, man. What, what, what I just fucking hate it. it.
Because that's like when you say that thing about Jan Costa proximity, that's like that shit when you're a kid and it's like someone's mom's just like, take your brother with you. And like, no, oh, we're playing those. Like, just take him along with you, all right? Like, it, it's like <laughs> he's just fucking leaning for him. Like, anyway, right, I'm just going to leave you a minute. I've got to go do the other part of the game. Like, <laughs> oh, what are you doing? You're getting killed. I've got, I'm back again. Sorry, listen, I'm going to leave now, but just chill for like 30 seconds. I've got to play the fucking game. I can't do both. Can I? Like, <laughs> that's how you just know that Jan Kost, this is how his whole career narrative's flipped. Now he must actually for real have the craziest mental of any player in Europe because yep. he actually does look like he doesn't even crack. He actually looks like he can handle it. I don't even think he's just gassing us. I really do think in those interviews, he sort of tell the truth and he can just, like, essentially it's what I said earlier. He just set the expectations. He knows everything's not good. So he's like, right, he's going to be behind most of the time and losing. That's okay. That's just all right, isn't it? That's just the game we're playing now. I don't yep. know how we can handle it because it's fucking insane for a jungle to be able to, but God bless. What a beast Jankos is, mate. Yankos might be too good. He might be so good now that he's actively fucking over his career. What happens if Evie, if they actually win or something and it seems like, you know what, that Evie guy, like, I think he actually fits the team well. Let's run it back in 2024. <laughs> like, please, man, please. Yankos, just expose, expose Evie for the fraud he is, man. This is just unreasonable. Also, that's, that's in a world where we're talking like they have to go out in fourth place, Tom. Listen, I don't want to have to entertain this idea, but from some of the things I've seen from Fnatic, it's not impossible Team Eretics could be top three here, Don. It's not impossible, mate. In fact, if I look at that, I look at XL, dude, <laughs> there's a world where every could be in the final. Like, it's not a high chance. I'm not putting it like out there, but this is a solid one. You can't have Evie in the final. This is like 20% chance Evie gets to the final. I think it's on there. No, it can't be 20%. Well, it can't be 20%. Never in his entire career, ever in the finals of the LEC. But Evie, no, nah, whoa, 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 whoa. I can't take it. It's true. It's true. Yeah, it's it's so fucked up to think about. It's it's so fucked up to think about. Please, I, I, I need to start messaging Fnatic. Like, you, you need to just ban Kaisa. Ban Kaisa. Don't let Video touch that champion in the entire fucking series. Play standard. You know, if you can squeeze a Renekton ban in there, great. Just let Oscar fucking do his thing. Like, come on, Oscar Oscar is so much more disciplined than Evie around the map. Even though Oscar has some bad lanes, he's just a better player to me than, than Evie. He knows what to do in the game to be useful, where it seems like Evie after lane phase is completely fucking lost. It's why I actually also don't understand why they try and play real League of Legends. Like, I wouldn't give a fuck if that guy got a kill in lane who gives a shit. He's not going to do anything with it. Like, let him have it. We'll just have the kill on our bot lane or whatever. Just fucking bang the bot lane all day long. Who cares? Because actually, if you look at this, the saddest thing for me is I don't hate on anyone who did or didn't go out. Like, for example, the SK one, I just find disappointing. It's why, if people notice, it's why I didn't get that hyped about SK winning the first time against Fnatic. I just don't, I can't fundamentally believe in that team. It's way too one-dimensional. Even the way, like, I don't even think they know how to win in any other way. They've just got such a limited fucking set of win conditions. But the sad one for me is the other group. It's how it's how fucking underwhelming BDS is just whimper exit to the group stages. Like, this is a team where... Especially of that, that series before, the one they had against um, the Herex the first time round. Like, this should mm -hmm. be a team I should be able to believe in and actually think it has, like, some strong qualities. What a fucking whack way to go out, mate. Yeah, it, it was tough to watch. I mean, they kept on doing their same thing of just picking, like, Olaf. You know, pick Olaf, pick Darius. I just think that they're, they, had a, they have very specific champion pools and their champions are just worse now. Like, Cassio is not great anymore. Like, people are playing Tristana. I guess that could be, like, a fine lane for Cassio. But in general, like their champions that they got away with so many times are no longer good and they can't pick up. You could tell this team just cannot pick up champions like where the fuck is LeBlanc?
How is BDS still blue side banning LeBlanc? You had four fucking weeks to learn this champion, and it's so fucking OP. And they just refuse to learn it. I mean, I guess Nuck just can't pick up new champions, and, you know, they have to go back to just being the same team. I think they're just figured out at this point, and the players individually are playing slightly worse than before. You know, Sheo is just average again. He's middle of the pack to, like, lower half of that, uh, lower half of the league in terms of jungle, and they just don't feel like they have that X Factor anymore. And this was something that a lot of people uh, saw before. I mean, how many games was Crowny just playing a hyper carry? How many games was he playing Broken Zeri or Jinx when Jinx was really strong or Aphelios when Aph before Aphelios was nerfed and he would just carry the whole game like once they got once they grouped up. AD carries are not like that anymore. Now the best AD carries are like Pope Tysa, you have Zaya. Like these are not the same AD carries that are just hyper carries to 1v9 the game. And if he's not able to do that, I don't think the other players are going to you know, bring them over the finish line. The saddest thing is as well, you saw on point about the Adam champion pool. Dude, it's beyond a meme at this point in time. Like, here's the problem. He's clearly not just playing it because he, like, here's the difference, right? When my boy POE used to stay with the same small champion pool and do all those weird builds, I actually believe him. I think sometimes he did think that he took a matchup that to, should on paper be, like, losing, but he made it, like, even by knowing how to play the lane or play a specific, like, power spike on an item. I don't believe Adam does any of that shit, Dom. I think for real, it's like an even more cynical version of Monty's analysis that like he works within the team because he stupidly does just fucking play it up all game long and doesn't understand he's essentially just like a fucking jungling magnet but he's not doing it like as some macro genius who understands how the wave state works or to help his bot lane have pressure relief so I actually do think for real he's not playing any of these because he thinks there's a unique Darius angle dom he just really can only play Darius Olaf and then a bit more oh, renekton and the odd scion game that's it that's just who Adam is like the saddest thing is he is the most obvious slam dunk player to replace in this team with the exception of if you just go on the whole French angle if you must have French players then maybe you don't but like mate if you just put in a proper top leader in this team it would actually be a pretty good team like this team could actually be like legit contenders if they just replace Adam in my opinion yeah yeah, yeah, I mean, your your tweet is aging perfectly. The one where it's like, yeah, it's about time before, like, it's going to be a, uh, just a little bit of time before Nuck is on, like, a, an average team it again. Is. And he's just, yeah, and he's just average. He's on an average team. Fifth, sixth, that is bang average right there, so... Oh, mate, with that, their, their worst thing right now, but the fact that they've bombed out now, is they now have to go through that fucking championship thing. Dude, they haven't looked worse all year. They could really fuck it up and not get through. Oh, easily, easily. I mean, if you look right now at the other teams, I mean, if you're if you're just an objectively worse team than Heretics, who who is actually going to be in that that you're going to be a better team than? Maybe Koi, because like Koi is, yep. is is if Koi somehow makes it, okay, maybe you can be better than Koi because Koi is just not in form. Maybe if Mad Lions continue shitting the bed and they keep the same form that they've kept for the last like three four weeks, maybe you could be better than Mad Lions. I feel That's like it, like a lot of these teams are 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 just better than yes. than BDS right now. And the other thing about the the POE angle that I was thinking about is if you consider the the era that POE was playing in, at least he had champions that made sense that were like always good. They're always yeah. just serviceable champions. Like Olaf and Darius are not champions you always want to play. If you could yes. pick like stable top laners, you'd want different champions to be really good. You wish you could have like the really good Orn player or like the really solid Nart player that can always weak side, he can always be relevant within the game. But the champions that Adam's really good at, Olaf and Darius, are just bad right now. They're, they're just not good right now because what's the best top laner? Oh, it's Renekton. Okay, well, Renekton just beats both those champions in lane. So you have to be so much better at those champions than the Renekton player that you end up winning anyway. 
And you know, Evie just did his job. He did his job. It's not like he was fucking completely 1v9 in the game or doing these like insane Renekton mechanics that you couldn't possibly conceive of. He just played a normal Renekton and Renekton is just a good champion into Olaf. You just win the lane. That's it. That's all you need to do to beat this guy. There's also, by the way, the ultimate black mark. It's like, guys, he ha we actually call Evie like one of the worst players to play in the LEC. You're supposed to be a fucking, I am a young rising talent stud carry top laner. Then go to town, mate. You know what? You just take care of Evie personally and then it's all over, right? Game's over at that point in time. Like, give me a fucking break. Like, it's just, what a whack way to go out. The reason I feel like it's so sad is here's the story of this fucking year in the LEC. SK Gaming in the winter split was on a fucking heater in the groups that were looking like they could do it. Oh my God, they SK is it. in the fucking championship. They, oh, Jesus. They so blew hard it. To Remember, they were in that fourth place match. They could have won it. They could have gone further. They didn't. After that, then you had BDS. BDS was a game from winning the championship. Blew it. Didn't go to MSI. Come back. Now not even in the top four of the playoffs now. Now they've got a championship. They, Basically, it's just like G2, Mad Lions, Fluke runs, and then people blowing their window. Like, all these teams, SK could actually have been in a final. BDS could have a championship title right now. Like, these teams are all blowing their window. Like, it's past now. Like, these they weren't fundamentally the best teams. And so when they had their meta, when they had their strengths, when someone was on a heater, someone was an MVP candidate, they had a shot. Now that after that, now it's all normalized. By the time the championship round thing comes, it's like you say, on paper right now, everyone who needs to should beat them. Like, G2 forget that one. XL would beat them right now. Of course, XL would beat BDS. Look how fucking, look how much better XL looks in these games. I mean, SK? Even like, SK, is SK probably should. SK could pop yes. off easy, mate. Yeah. It, it's it's really, it's really weird to think about. But I mean, BDS, I, I felt like most people had this, this idea of, you know, how good BDS would actually be. I mean, it felt like everything was peaking at the right time for them. I mean, they had the same junglers that had been meta for a long time that Cheo was actually good at. Now you're having new metas, uh, new uh, junglers being introduced to the meta. It doesn't seem like Cheo is really good at picking up champions. Um, and it doesn't seem like he has that wide of a champion, like an existing champion pool. He's not one of these experienced vets that can just go back to different metas. I mean, for Yankos, if Trundle comes back into the meta or Poppy comes back into the meta, it's like, I've been playing that shit for years. Yes. He'll easily be able to pick it up and just be a, a you know, a really good jungler, a top tier jungler again. Doesn't feel the same for Sheo. He plays Poppy, doesn't look like he has the experience to, to play it. He plays, like we haven't seen a Trundle game. Maybe he ends up playing it. Or maybe we saw one and it was just ultra forgettable, but it just feels like he's just not playing the same game as everyone else. So I, I'm, I'm kind of out on BDS. I, I think it's kind of sad that they're actually going to the championship. If you think about the championship right now, the teams that are going to end up in the championship. Okay, so there's a realistic possibility that Koi makes it, right? You have SK who placed 5th, 6th. You have BDS who placed 5th, 6th. You have Mad Lions who placed 7th, 8th. And then you could have Koi that placed 7th, 8th in the championship. You could have four of the worst teams in LEC actually be in the championship stage. I feel like this format, like the, the three splits, it's tough. It's, it's, it's tough. I think that maybe they need to slightly wait summer higher and and like winter less because the fact that winter and spring are both the same points i mean you have teams that are qualifying from spring points like that's where koi's points are coming from koi has 150 points they might make the championship right the, the season finals they have 150 points they got 80 of them in spring i think that's weird to me i, I don't know i just don't like that or sorry 80 of them in winter that's what i meant no 
No, I, I think it definitely goes a bit too far. Like, just logically, the whole point of why you're doing the championship thing is essentially if a really good team, it's, it should be, the reason it should logically be more for summer is you want it to be like the one where if for some reason you had the most unlucky group draw ever and you had the top three teams in one group, there's still a mm. chance if they're really good teams throughout the year to go in the championship thing and go through that way and all that jazz. So I, I think they've just over, overdone it a little bit because the joke of it all is because so many teams have looked that whack, that's actually the real reason it's not because I still think we could be that good, but that's the real reason I was hoping Vitality just made it to add like a bit of spice, like some like Royal Rumble angle, of like oh at least Vitality's still here, which everyone's forgotten about from a month earlier at this point in time. Because actually, right now, like the big part people keep forgetting is it's not just to go to Worlds. Remember the fourth spot has to do with that fucking best of five against LCS and mate. Like in theory, the LEC team should be favoured, but it could be fucking close if you look at some of the teams that could come forth. Now. I, I literally have no idea. That could, that could easily be like a fucking coin flip right there, mate. I mean, I, I have no idea. I, I have no idea who's better. The fourth best, like who is the fourth best team in EU actually going to be? Like, is Mad Lions going to be top four or are they just going to be shit? Like, I, I have no idea how good Mad Lions is actually going to be. Or will they be top three? Do they have to play that match? I mean, if it's like... SK or like heretics, for example, if these are the teams that are making fourth place, like I don't, I could see a team like team liquid potentially beating them. Like I'm not necessarily sure that these teams are better when it comes to this point. I think G2 is the best Western team. I don't know about the rest though. What about um, one angle that I do think is a bit sauce is like, obviously they're not in this portion, but let's just address that for a moment. Like, Mac Lyons just lost, like, nine games in a row now or something mental. Like, what the fuck? Like, it's all well and good of, like, oh, you know, we, like, don't want to stress our guys out. Want to, like, you know, keep, like, work smarter, not harder. It's like, mate, this is really alarming because one thing I am sick of with Mad Lions is um, they formed a million fucking online um, international tournaments, rather. Like, like that whole storyline of, like, we don't, like, make our team, you know, grind too hard. It's like, well, then fucking peak at the actual tournament you're prepping for, for fuck's sake. Because the worry for me right now is that actually they do just... Because that... I've been worried about it all split is that they're just going to fuck around and they manage to qualify last second and they're just going to, like, pull it together. Because they do fundamentally have some good players on Mad Lions. But if they do... I could just see him bombing worlds again, mate. I could easily see it with this team. Easily. El Yoya might be in the worst form I've ever seen him playing at the moment, mate. I don't think I've ever seen yeah, him. Yeah, I would agree with that. El is not in form. But, I mean, here, here's something that, that sums it up. The last time Mad Lions won a game on stage was over a month ago. They haven't won a game on stage for over a month. That's just, like, crazy to think about. How the fuck do you not win a game on stage for over a month? Like... And that was against Astralis. Like afterwards, they played against Fnatic. Then after that, they played against XL. They lost to XL. Then after that, they played against Heretics. They lost to Heretics and they lost to SK. I mean, they literally lost to everyone. They lost to BDS. They're losing to all the teams that are going to be in, in the gauntlet, right? Like SK is already qualified to the gauntlet and SK is just an objectively better team than them right now. Like, I don't Like they just beat them twice. Wow, it's 4-0 as well. Like, so SK is what? Won the last five games against Matt or some shit? I mean, that, that speaks for itself. Matt is, is a really frustrating team to watch. They're a really frustrating team to watch because it doesn't feel like they have gotten better at, at anything. Like, at least G2, obviously, this was a bit of a regression in the best of five, but it felt like they were improving up before that point. Oh. Before that point, it felt like they, you know, were adding dimensions to their gameplay. They didn't play a great series. You know, two steps forward, one step back, it's okay. The problem that I have with... 
Mad Lions is what do they play besides for like Gragas mid? Like what do they play? What what is like their style before like Gragas mid, a pike angle sometime, and like some carry tops? I actually don't know what this team is good at anymore. Doesn't feel like the meta suits jungle at all. I don't even know what Elioia's best champions are anymore. Any carry is just whatever. Like Chasey has been having the same problems he's had all year. The, the the drafts make no sense. They're getting absolutely murdered in the drafts that they're playing as well. Something is just off, man. Something I mean, is the, off. The problem as well in their team is like, if Elioia is going to be bad, he is supposed to be the best player. I'm also with you on the like fucking... Chasey was never actually that good, guys. One, it just indicative of how bad talent is in the top lane in Europe for the last year. But then two... That run in the last split was just some... Uh, that was so much bollocks there. Forget even just the reckless angle. Even the, the other matches, it was always like this close constantly. Like, Chasey was never that good. He was like... The problem I mean, is, to me, Chasey should be like a coin flip top player. Okay. That, he can't be like in contention for best in the role then. Like, that role's just busted, mate. That role is broken. We haven't got good top players in Europe. His it's match like broken blade, auto defensively, and then that's it. There's like no one after that. I mean, the games that he smurfed at the end of the spring finals in order to win... Was against Adam Malphite. Like we see right now that Adam can still only play Olaf and Darius. You you got to play Cassante, one of the most broken champions that's been released this entire season. One of the best champions of this entire season. You got to play Cassante into Doran's Ring Comet Malphite. It's like, congrats, bro. I guess you won a title. That was your competition to win a title. It's very hard to to you know use that one period of time and just have that legitimize like the rest of the year. I mean, since then he's just been average. I don't even know if he's like coin flip anymore. I don't even know if he ever like flips positively. He's just like okay. He's just I, maybe he's more stable now, but he's like not stable like at a good level. He's like a stable fifth, sixth top laner. You want way, more out of an import. Let's do the update on this topic that we've talked about a few times. Obviously, it was the topic that CL wanted to talk about when he came on, right? Everyone is just blaming our notice as like a go-to scapegoat that it's the format. The format has somehow like ruined European teams or they've dropped off in level, etc. Do you, do you actually think there's some other reason why the level's not very good at the moment? Because to me, the format, uh, I don't really see it as being that drastic. Like, I, I will agree. I do think the teams this year have been pretty bad. But, yeah, I, don't, I, I, I did my thing last week. I think it was badly GM'd. But even so, like, I'm not sure because I like this format, mate. I still like it. I'm not really hating on it. Like, aside from what you said about the championship point thing, maybe I'd redo that. But I actually like the three sections of each split and all that jazz. I like having three splits. Yeah, yeah I like it. So one thing I, I talked about um, before was, like, patch cycle. I think that it's kind of weird that you play full splits on two patches. Like you play a full split on you go 13, one, and then you go 13, three. So you like skip a patch. So you're not really like adapting patch to patch. And then sometimes you just get stuck on patches that a team's not good at and they can just get eliminated, right? Like static shiv. What, and I don't think we had this happen in, in Europe, but for example, if one team really couldn't play static shiv and it was that broken, you know, there's a million different champions you could play it on. That could just be the end of a team in, in, uh, in, in the season portion of the tournament, it's still fucking hard to say, yeah, but the season portion of the tournament, I, I think that this was something that hurt Astralis, for example. Like, I don't think it's the only reason they lost, but if LeBlanc is suddenly the best champion in the game and you have this melee mid player and LeBlanc is good against every single champion that that guy plays, it's hard to get out of like the bottom two. Like if you have, you know, some bad best ones, and it's not like Astralis was that bad. They were three and six. I mean, we see teams qualify with four and five. Mad Lions was three and six in spring and they won the whole thing. If you're bad on one patch, it is pretty punishing. And then like, I'm not sure if it is good to 
remove that like adaptation part of the game for European teams. Like I think that one of the strengths of Europe historically was always adapting to patches. They were able to play new champions when they came out early. If items came out early, they would adapt to them. And now it's like, okay, you do one and then the other, and it's like mastering a patch, but like the patches are kind of weird. And if you think about the patches that they're having to play, two of the, the seasons are going to be only on probably the most, historically, the most unbalanced patches you'll get, which is the first patch of the year, which is right after the huge rework of the season. So generally Riot is just sitting there and they're watching that patch and they're just trying to see like what's OP, what's not, how do pro players play on it? And then they do nerfs after that. And then the mid-season patch where they change the game where they're like, okay, the first half of the year went a certain way, we need to alter things. And then they do another huge patch and then you play your whole season portion of it on that unbalanced patch as well. I think that that's kind of an issue for Europe. That's a fair point. The only thing is, though, that's always been an area where you notice there's not even much pushback on Riot in that sense because the most logical thing you would do if you cared only about the competitive integrity of the eSport is you'd obviously make something where, like, specifically you tell people in advance, right, this, you know, the entire season's on this one patch or we will only move between these two and you give people advance notice. But then if you notice, the biggest problem with League is the game itself, like, the non-competitive version is just so disconnected from pro player. Like, you, like the, the most complicated thing I think fans don't get is they don't know how how it works with um, the difference between like the fucking PBE and then like the live one. And like, this, as far as I know, there's like three patches and they cycle through them. And it's like, they don't actually have that much of a feedback loop to like change things. And basically Riot's approach to how they do it for like public is so different to what they care about in the esports. So I don't really know what way you have around that. Cause that is one thing I do find pretty tough because most of the esports I like are the ones where like a patch lasts a long time. And it's a static patch and you just get it. And once everyone's had enough time, you just accept that that's reality. But league is different. You're right, like another month and everything could just be completely 180. So I've always thought it's most brutal for worlds because if yeah. you hit the wrong patch right at the end of the summer, you just be like LPL right now, you could just be fucked if you hit the wrong one. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess the other part of my point that I didn't completely articulate was when you're delayed a patch like this, if you're doing the whole patch on what other people are only doing for the first week or the first two weeks then you're not being able to practice that patch in solo queue because solo queue will update yes, solo queue will be go. on 13.2 yes. and you're going to be stuck on 13.1 so like if you're at the end of the 13.1 patch which normally it's not in line it's not like pro play starts the second and obviously this split lec started late you're not there the second that the patch is released then you're going to have a, a change static shift like 13 1312, luckily it was a change static shiv. 1313 was a nerf static shiv, and then you're just practicing the wrong things. Let's say you want to practice static shiv, but to make it viable in 1313, you had to take minion dematerializer, so then you're missing a rune, so you get used to playing with different runes than you would play on stage. So you only have the scrim games to actually be able to practice this, but then, you know, scrim games are, are normally sacred. When you only have three scrim days, the scrim games really matter, and you need to practice certain things um, during those days. So maybe your team doesn't want to grind it out with you and, and they just don't believe that it'll be the best option for the team they'd rather just be like yeah fuck it we just won't play leblanc then like we don't want to have to invest you know half like half a week in just learning these champions or a full week in just learning these champions to maybe not even be able to play it anyway so that's another part of it that i think is tough for eu right now right obviously let's just do this one right when fanatic plays against heretics Right. I'm assuming everyone's taking Fnatic to win this, right? So really it's about how good is Fnatic. Because in reality, like unless Fnatic does a run to the final, it's gonna be XL against G2 again, mate. It just is. 
So is Fnatic I hope so. the team? Do you think have Fnatic going to the final? I, I think so. I, I hope so. I think it will be like more fun for Europe. I mean, we haven't had a Fnatic G2 final, and especially with the form that G2 just came into, if Fnatic like stomp XL or if they like look good coming into the final, I think you actually get a fun competitive final. Whereas if like G2 plays against XL again, which would be like the the other team that I guess they could face in this scenario if Fnatic beats Heretics, um, if they play against XL, you feel like this was almost the best XL could play and the worst G2 could play. And that doesn't seem like it would... Uh, if they played again tomorrow, I would still pick G2 to win. And I would still pick them to win like 3-0, 3-1. I would not predict a 3-2 just because this last one went 3-2. So I guess that's what I would uh, say about that. I think that's fair enough. No, the, the main thing for me is like, like I said, the most impressive thing about XL is they actually have a pretty solid floor. Like I could see a world where they go back to the finals. Low key though, I just hope Fnatic actually does just go on a tear and just does. And not least because also it's one of the only other bot lanes I think actually has a chance. Like you actually, yeah. they actually stylistically have a chance to win the game potentially against G2. Whereas like, I agree with you. I think that was XL's best chance. Like sad thing is, like I said with SK and fucking BD, that might end up being XL's window. Maybe that was your window. If you won that game, you guaranteed yourself top two. That would be like a nice end to the split. Even if you don't go to Worlds, by the way, which right now, quite frankly, you probably will go to Worlds. Like the way they're playing right now, why wouldn't they? If they go to the, if the championship started tomorrow, they'd be one of the top four teams right now. I think they look solid, mate. Well, I just don't think they yeah. can beat G2 is the problem. So what happens if XL loses to Fnatic? XL's not in the championship if they lose to Fnatic, by the way. And that would be the ultimate bomber about this format there, wouldn't it? Because like you'd, you'd like we said earlier, you'd pick them over like three of the teams in that yeah. fucking championship at least. Imagine XL plays a tough five-game series versus Fnatic. So they play against G2, play close five-game series, then they play a close five-game series versus Fnatic. And maybe Fnatic even beats G2 or something in the finals. You're like, damn, how much difference is there between our top three teams and everyone else? And then XL doesn't even go to the championship at that point. That's crazy to think about. That's crazy to think about fucking Koi going to the championship over XL. And it's like this Koi team, because that would be the team that would replace them. This Koi team is not even the same team that that got third in winter. It doesn't have two of the fucking players. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I guess it doesn't have one of the fucking players at this point. Might as well be two of the players because it felt like they were just playing with Shigenda version of Odo Omne in, in in spring as well. But like, it doesn't have Trimby. Like Trimby, Trimby is a fucking huge player on that team. It's not even the same team. It's not even the same team that got all those points from Winter. <laughs> like Trimby is now getting the points from Fnatic. Like he, Trimby should get a portion of the fucking points. Fuck it. He should take like 30 of the points from spring and he should have just brought them or uh, from Winter and he should have just brought them to Fnatic with him. That thing is, that's don't give them ideas, so they'll fucking do that. Because that's actually how, like, ESL and Counter-Strike did do it at one point in time, where, like... The players got like, the points? Yeah, basically. Now, luckily, no one ever did this, but it meant that someone did calculate that, like, okay. you could technically have made a team, like, the next day that had, like, the right players, and you would just instantly have, like, you know, 17th best seed in the world, even though the lineup had never played a game because, of, like, all the points combined. It's like... Ooh. That's, that's how you know it was a bad idea right there, that, like, there even was a way you could have just finagled the whole thing. Yeah. Like, the only thing for me is this... I need to get one guide real quick. Go I on. mean, that same argument goes for XL2. That's not the same team from winter and spring. Yes, that's literally the point. They're a much yeah. better team. They're not the, the same team from winter and spring. That's why I feel like they should go to the championship over the team that, that is the same from winter. 
That's the whole point. actually a moron. Think about it. What he's saying is when Coy did their best, they're not even the same team. But when XL did their best now, they're a very different team from the one that began the split. Therefore, he doesn't want them punished by it from the... You get the point anyway. Basically, this Fine. is a, this is an aeroplane. It's got food on it. If you open your mouth, your mouth's like an airport that can receive the food. And then all the like children's food goes into your body and allows you to keep living. So if you do, in fact, want to keep doing that, open wide. That's, that's what we're saying. We'll, just, okay. we'll spoon feed you. You guys don't have to worry about any of it. You don't have, Perfect. You don't even have to chew. I'll just fucking, hey, there you go. Slap your shit out here. <laughs> it's all, oh, there you go. It's down. Good. All right, yeah, perfect. All down. Right, anyway, we'll be back next week to spoon feed you the results of the fourth place game and tell you about why LEC is definitely turning around last minute. It's not doomed and uh, world's going to be great. So see you next week. <laughs>